This podcast replay is brought to you by 3A Sports Graphics. 3A Sports Graphics is more than shirts. They're passionate about the custom gear that brings what you love to life. Call them at 786-251-3404. Let's get to our uh, 3A Graphics sports calendar. Alan Blanco and the great people at 3A Graphics in Hialeah. If your company, hey, you're looking for new uniforms, whatever it is you need, 3A Graphics can take care of it for you. You need magnets and calendars and hats and whatever it is for your business or anything like that. 3A Graphics, Alan Blanco. Last night, the Hurricanes defeated the Panthers, breaking their three their 11-game road win streak, and they could have uh, uh, matched the NHL record. Unfortunately, they lose to the Hurricanes, one nothing. What was it, like 18 seconds left, 19 seconds left or something? Ridiculous, man. That sucks. Anyway, Saturday, they take on Washington at 6. The Lady Canes lost to Virginia last night, 77-60. They're 16-10. and 10. They shot 37% from the field. Uh, Sunday, they're at Clemson at 2 o'clock. FAU over SMU, 80-70. to 70. What a nasty-ass dunk by Elijah Martin. That was nice, dude. Sunday, they're at Memphis, 2 o'clock. FIU, Manny Navarro just called this game, beat Liberty, 76-71. to 71. Improved to 4-8 and eight in the conference. Arturo Dean had 24 points. Javonta Hawkins had 20. Saturday, they take on Jacksonville State at 6 o'clock. Liberty, on the ladies' side, beat FIU 71-56. They've got Jackson State at 3 o'clock, 3.30 on Saturday at Jackson State. Tonight, the Heat and the Pelicans. Fly, Pelican, fly. Pelicans are favored by 3.5 at home against the Heat. Over and unders 219. Saturday at 4 o'clock, G Tech visiting the Hurricanes. Men's basketball team is just 6 and 10 in the conference. G Tech is 4 and 12. So these are two of the bad teams. That is your 3A graphics sports calendar. And when we uh, like to focus in on an MVP, we like to give our MVP award out there, and it is our Cutter's Edge MVP of the night. Who's last night's MVP? For your complete landscape solutions anywhere in South Florida, there's only one MVP. Cutter'sEdgePro.com. Here's our Cutter'sEdgePro.com MVP of the night. All right, all right, all right. Well, last night, man, you know, uh, Vladimir Golden, the uh, center for FAU, had a hell of a night, 21 points, uh, two blocks. Um, but last night, uh, Elijah Martin stole the show. You know, John L. Davis is a – he is the rock of Gibraltar for the FAU Owls, okay? I can give John L. Davis the Cutter's Edge MVP of the night every night, you know what I mean? Because John L. Davis has just been – an absolute stud from the second he put on an Owls uniform. He has had a fabulous career for the Owls. And by the way, I can't get enough of watching games with the Owls and the floor. That floor is so good. But anyway, Elijah Martin last night, 20 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists, and a viral nasty dunk in the paint. If you haven't seen it, go to the FAU men's basketball Twitter page, you can catch it there. It's somewhere on YouTube, whatever. But Elijah Martin, you know, we talk a lot about John L. Davis. Sometimes, you know, we talk about the big man in the middle, Golden, the Russian Golden. 
But uh, Elijah Martin, man, he he does a lot for FAU, and last night he was electrifying. Elijah Martin, our Cutter's Edge Pro MVP of the night. The MVP of the night is brought to you by CuttersEdgePro.com. Servicing HOAs, condominiums, townhomes, commercial properties, corporate parks, and malls throughout South Florida. CuttersEdgePro.com. Providing South Florida MVP performance every day of the year. All right, all right, all right. Market is quiet, by the way. Uh, Bitcoin holding strong at uh, 51,000, so not not really a bad day overall. Kind of the altcoins have taken a hit. Jasmine went down, and I leave, but that, that happens when you have parabolic rises. Remember, we always tell you, you don't get on the parabolic rise. You wait for it to come down a little bit after its parabolic rise and then find a floor, and then that's when you can get in again if you didn't get in. Or if you want to reload and, and get the dip, that's what you do. Dow Jones is up 62 points. The S&P is up nearly two points. The NASDAQ is barely up 9,000th of a point. So there you go. All right, all right, all right. Uh, let's see. What else do we have here? Oh, uh, um, McD needs to involve his offensive players far more. Yeah, he needs to get everybody involved. Does Henry run behind, well behind a zone scheme? Yes, he can. They go, at the end of the day, it's like you've been saying, you can't get, you can get a horse to the water, but you can't make it drink. McDaniel is that horse. You're right. So, uh, what else do we have? Go ahead, call me crazy. I don't give a shit, but Miami Dolphins need to be a run first team. Of course. You know, uh, true fin fin, I am glad you brought this up. Let's get, let's get into a couple of, topics here for the Miami Dolphins why don't we right because I told you to start the show that there were some pretty good uh, topics to talk about what do you think Justin Herbert and Tua have in common it certainly ain't winning because Tua does more of that it ain't height because Justin's got that it ain't arm Justin's got that it ain't head to head because Tua's got that But you know what it is? New offensive coordinator Greg Roman was asked about, you know, what he wanted to do with Justin Herbert now that he's working with him, right? What's, what, where does he want to improve with Justin Herbert? So Roman was sp- speaking with reporters on Thursday on the best way he can, you know, make Justin Herbert better says he wants to establish an elite running game to complement Herbert. He says, can you imagine Justin Herbert with a great running game? We don't know, but I can imagine what it might look like. So that's what I envision. Interesting. By the way, who's been talking about running the ball with Tua? That would be me, right? You know why? Because we have a head coach that is playing Tua like you would play Dan Marino. Like you would play Jim Kelly. Like you would play Pat Mahomes. And even though he's very injury prone, if you give him a decent line, Joe Burrow can do it also. 
Okay? But in the history of the game, there aren't a lot of people that can do that kind of stuff. You can't do it with Bob Greasy. can't do it with Drew Brees. can't. Sorry. can't do it with Josh Allen. You put Josh Allen to throw the ball 40 times a game, and you're going to have turnovers left and right. That's what Joe Brady noticed. Justin Herbert, you can't have him throwing 40 times a game. He'll be turning over the ball left and right. He's not that guy. You know why? Because Kirk Cousins is not that guy. Because Dak Prescott's not that guy. Because Derek Carr is not that guy. Because C.J. Holmes is not that guy. Because Trevor Lawrence is not that guy. Do you understand where I'm getting at? None of them are that guy. There's only two guys right now currently in the league that I could say, nah, let's not have any running game or a half-ass running game, and let's just rear back and let it fly. Mahomes and Burrow. Nobody else. Nobody else. There's no one else in the entire league that you can just say, yo, line up and throw the ball all you want. Can't do it with Jalen Hurts. He's incapable of doing that. Can't do it with Lamar Jackson. Incapable of doing that. Just like Josh Allen. Incapable. Just like Justin Herbert. Incapable. These are things that a lot of people just don't understand. And, and when it happens to an older man, you know, the young people I kind of understand because they don't get to see it. But an older guy has way more examples. Sorry, young people. Again, I got to play the experience game here. You know, we lived in an era, in the same era, okay? If there was no running game, would you trust Warren Moon? Hell yeah, right? No running game, you're going to trust Jim Kelly, right? Yeah. You know, running, running game, game you're going to trust Marino. Yes, yes. Correct, right? Yeah, because he never had a running game. Yeah. Right, right. Well, he actually, yeah. Well, no, I'm, I'm looking at, like, results, though. With Jim Kelly, he always had, like, Thurman Thomas. He always okay. had that, so. Dan Fouts. Brett Favre. Okay? You know, there, there are guys. Gunslinger. We, we had guys back in the day. We had more of them than they do now. And that's the lack of education, understanding, perspective that is going on here. And this is where I look at Joe Brady and I say, God bless you, dude. You know, even though you're bettering the, the bills and I hate you for that, but you looked at it and you said, no, no, we got to run. <laughs> this guy can't sit there and throw 45 times. We'll die. Haven't you watched what's been going on? He can't do that. That's because most guys can't. Most guys can't. And some of you older guys out there, you're falling into the trap. And you're falling into the trap that you think we have a bunch of Jim Kellys out there. And we don't. And we don't have a bunch of Marinos. We don't have them. 
We don't have worn moons. We don't have them. That's just the way it is. And Brett Favre, to a certain extent, got you in trouble by gunslinging a lot. Okay? He ends up getting away with it by like a hair because, brother, he just had a knack for making some plays. You you got to give people credit when they deserve it. And I, I give Brett Favre the cojones award. Okay? Because that guy was... Fearless of anything and everything, and you name the situation, it didn't matter to Brett Favre. He was going to go into it fearless. But we had more of those kind of guys. We don't have them now. So you better run the ball a lot for Jordan Love. And I showed you the examples during the playoffs. When they didn't run the ball for CJ, he went right into the tank. When they didn't run the ball for Jordan Love, and they have two running backs that they pound the shit out of you with, they pound you with Jones, and then they hit you with the, what's the name of the big kid from Boston College? I forgot his name, but anyways, you know what I'm talking about. They pound you with the other guy then after that. He's a big guy and can move. And they will gain yards on your ass, and they will move. And then when you couldn't run, Jordan Love went and cropped in his pants. Because you didn't understand the game. Those of you, oh, I already want Jordan Love over Tua. No, you're just an idiot and you're not watching the games. You're not really, you're not really watching it with intelligence. You're watching it with emotion. Huh? Dylan. Dylan. That's it. And there you go. Finn's in the house and Giovanni, thank you. Always on top of it. You guys are awesome. So, AJ, AJ Dylan. Uh, so, you know, this is what I see, and that's where... Why do you think I'm mentioning Derek Henry? Why, why do you think I sit here and tell you 20 years later and 30 years later what happened to Marino? You didn't want to run. You didn't want to give him a dominant, run, dominant running game, but you gave it to Jim Kelly, and he dominated Marino, and he dominated the division, and he dominated the conference, didn't win it. But, man, I... I, I I would have had, I, would you love a slice of the success at least that the Bills had? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would. And Jim Kelly can gunsling with the best of them, dude. I don't give a shit if he was playing for the Outlaws. No, it was the Gamblers. Gamblers. I don't care if he was playing for the University of Miami in the Peach Bowl, the Gamblers, or the Bills. Okay. Kelly could sling the rock and, again, another fearless dude. But we don't have a lot of those guys. And you don't want to play that kind of football more often than not. You need to have a running game. Even with Mahomes, they they hammer with Pacheco. Even if he gets three yards a carry, watch the stats. They'll still give it to him 20 times, 25 times. And that kid runs with a vengeance. Just to keep him honest, even with Mahomes, they give him the damn running game. Now, can I trust Mahomes without a running game? Yeah, 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 I can trust him. I can trust Joe Burrow. It ends there. It ends there. Everyone else in the league needs a running game, including Marino. So I read that article, and I said, God bless you, dude. You know, this maybe educates people. And that's what I want for the Dolphins. I want a dominant, not a finesse running game, 
a dominant running game. The one that says, oh, it's fourth and one or it's third and one, and we're all sitting there going, no problem, bro. We'll hammer it right then. We'll get three yards and move the pile. That's what I want to see. When I see that, then, then I know that Tua has exactly what he needs in order to succeed. And, you know, there you go. That's an element that's missing from this offense. It was missing from Buffalo, and then they figured it out. So that's one subject there that I wanted to talk about with the Miami Dolphins. The other subject has to do with Mike McDaniel. If you can, please, sir, pull up the video. And uh, I want to give a little love to Gus Gus 1388 because, you know, his... uh, his loyalty uh, to this program is second to none. And uh, he's really a good dude uh, and been a, a strong supporter of us for years. And he kind of, uh, at times, is like a, a secret producer on the show because he sends me stuff that I may not have seen. You know, some, a lot of times I see it, and then there's a bunch of times that I didn't see something he found, you know? And so he finds this video, a very interesting video of Sean McVay. We're going to play it for you. Um, And Sean McVay looks in the mirror and admits that his game management sucks at times. And then he needs help, and he pretty much labels it a weakness. So he hires a guy by the name of John Streichter. He is now the coordinator of football strategy. And I say this because in a very important year for the Miami Dolphins, because as I told you about the salary cap, manageable this year, a challenge but still doable next year, in 26, it's going to be a really impossible hurdle, okay? It'll be a harder hurdle. Maybe you can overcome it, but it'll be a miracle it'll take, okay? Miracle. But the next years, okay? So what's imperative to get it right in these next two years? To try to take advantage with these group of players and try to win it. But if you don't improve your game management, which has been a, a strong critique of mine of Mike McDaniel, the number one problem with the Miami Dolphins is Mike McDaniel and his game management skills, which they, they suck. So here's Sean McVay openly admitting it and then talking about adding a gentleman that is helping him with game management because he makes too many mistakes during the game. Here we go. Here's Sean McVay. Vision for John Stryker's responsibility. Not use my timeouts in the second half until I need to. Um, No, really, here's what I would say. When I look at myself and really our team from just an after-action review, you say, all right, where is the game going? Where are things that you can do to – try to separate yourself and win in those margins. And um, this game management or this game management coordinator, there's there's a select group of people that have really earned a, a great reputation around the league. They have calls on Wednesdays throughout the season. They're really passionate about trying to be able to give each team an edge. And, and you look at what this guy's reputation has been in Tennessee, working closely with Mike Vrabel. And I think from afar, I've always admired and respected the way that they handle situations. There's an innate understanding of the rules and how to be able to use those to your advantage. Um, Clock management, 
um, some of the situational things that do end up coming up. Um, he's done a lot of different things for Tennessee, but when they ended up having a transition, he was a guy that became available and you wanted to be able to jump at the opportunity to get him on board because I think he's going to be really valuable. Um, I've really enjoyed being around him in the short amount of time and getting some exposure to just the passion he has for that specific um, part of the game while also having a big picture capacity for it schematically and then also being able to evaluate personnel. So that'll be the focus and concentration. I think it'll be evolving. You know, we were sitting down the other day and he was talking about all the different roles and responsibilities that he carried in, in Tennessee. And, and a lot of those will be carryover. but I thought it was important that we put somebody in that role to be able to be, uh, you know, just more consistent and, and help me be better for a football team. And he's somebody that I'm going to really rely upon. And I think he's going to help us out a lot. Thanks, Sean. I can only Jordan. Oh, wait. Go ahead. Hey, Sean, following up on that question, what was that like for you? Um, re- recognizing that that was something, I mean, as you've sort of joked about, and even in this interview, like recognizing that was something that maybe you wanted to look into adding to your staff in this way. I know you've had people weigh in, in the past, but this seems like a very clearly defined asset for for you for you and, and for you guys. It does, Jordan. And we've had coaches that have kind of carried dual responsibilities. I think it was important to be able to isolate that separately um, because of where the landscape of the league is going. And because if you're just being honest, I know I can improve in that area for our football team. And so you always want to take steps in the right direction. Um, and that's not perfect by any stretch, but I do respect the track record. And he's a guy that is so well-respected in that arena. And you can see the influence that he had on a lot of situations being handled the right way in Tennessee over the last handful of years with the responsibility that he had for Vrabes. Um, as soon as he became available, the people that carry the highest reputation um, in that network of coaches or people that operate in that circle immediately, oh, you got to go get Stretch. He, he's the best out there. Um, and immediately we wanted to be able to act on that. And I give a lot of credit to Brian Zanders. He's so in tune with some of that stuff. Uh, he recognized and identified that right away. Chase Blackburn was able to provide, you know, great insight into the value that he had from when he was in Tennessee for that year. And, um, and we wanted to be intentional about, uh, proactive, intentional and proactive about trying to be able to get him on board with us. Cause I know he was going to have some options and I'm glad that it worked out that he's here. All right. All I can tell you is, Mike McDaniel, go look at what Sean McVay is doing. You desperately need this. Desperately need this. I, I, and, and oh, by the way, they got him from where? Who beat Miami at the end of the season to make their season just completely go awry? Tennessee. Hmm. Mike Vrabel, better coach. And he hires better people around him. So Mike McDaniel, again, this is a young coach. He's learning just like a lot of young coaches. Look at Sean McVay, still learning at this point. And now is when he's making this move. But, you know, he's already got a title at least. So that's the difference. You know, you, you get that leeway, you know, you could give it to him. But in this case, this is exactly what Mike McDaniel needs a specialist that that helps him with game strategy because McVay, Andy Reid, who was terrible with game management, he got better. McDaniel, uh, LeFleur, you know, these guys are head coaches and they're calling the offense. It's a lot of shit going on, dude. 
So you've got to be aware of everything going on. So you're worried about your offense, and there's Bradley Chubb out on the field in the fourth quarter of a meaningless game, and look, now you screwed yourself. Because maybe you're thinking about what to do in the next possession, and you should be watching everything that's going on, and you can't because you've got to go talk with your offense and your line and your quarterback and your receivers and whatever, and you can't really pay attention the way you're supposed to. See what I'm saying? Oh, no, yeah, let the defensive coordinator handle that. Yeah, no, no, but you need to be there and be the eyes overall over the defensive coordinator, over the offensive coordinator, over the special. Oh, I'm sorry, you're the offensive coordinator too? Oh, okay, that's a problem. In-game specialist, he's in his headset. Hey, coach, uh, you, you should take some of these players out right now. This game is over, and, you know, you've got guys out there that really don't need to be out there. We can save them for next week. Yeah, that's a good move. Let's get them out there. So I saw that, and thank you, Gus. Appreciate you sending me that. I said, this is exactly what Mike McDaniel needs. Okay? All right, all right, all right. I got a couple, two more Dolphin topics that I want to touch base on. Uh, before I do that, let's go with B-Days. B-Days, B-Days, B-Days. Let's see. Emily Blunt, movie actress. She is 41 years old. Niecy Nash, TV actress, is 54. Josh Gad, Miami Dolphins fan and actor, is 43 years old. Uh, let's see, D'Angelo Russell, basketball player, 28. Jamal Murray, basketball player, 27. Skylar Gray, pop singer, she is 38. Casemiro, soccer player, 32. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Andrew Wiggins, basketball player, 29. Aziz Ansari. Actor, 41. And that's it. Those are the folks celebrating birthdays today. Let's go with a little music history. Today, on this date in 2006, surviving members of Alice in Chains announced... Uh, that they were reforming the band four years later after singer Lane Staley died. Their new singer, um, God, I'm forgetting his name now. Anyway, he does an excellent job. I love him, man. I think he does an excellent job. Great front man. Hell of a lot more life on stage than Lane Staley. Lane had a hell of a voice, there's no doubt, but uh, this guy's actually a much better front man. In 2010, Stone Temple Pilots revealed that they completed their self-titled comeback album, the group's first record since 2001. In 78, Whitesnake made its live debut at the Skybird Club in Nottingham, England, in the still of the night. In uh, 78, the Eagles received the Grammy for Record of the Year for Hotel California. The band refused to perform during the ceremony because they didn't think they were going to win. And in 2011, on this date, the Foo Fighters released Rope. Their first single off the new album, Wasting Light. 
That is what happened today in music history. All right. All right, all right, all right. Uh, so, the salary cap has gone up $30 million to $255.4 million. It was 224.8. So, basically, $30 million that it went up. And, you know, in life, you should have a little patience and wait till you have all the information. Because when you don't have all the information, and then you go out there and start talking about something, it kind of ends up being out of place. And so I get it. Some people have to get clicks to write, get views to watch, and they need to add the dramatics in life. And for the last uh, two months, all I heard was cap hell. And oh my God, it's going to be... Uh, uh, a cap uh, disintegration for the Dolphins, and it's going to be impossible, and their team is going to be terrible next year, and all this and that. And first of all, you don't even know who they're drafting. You don't even know who they're signing. You don't even know who's going to improve from within. So how good do you know they're going to be, or how bad do you know they're going to be? And do you have all the information? Did you have the salary, inf salary cap information? No, you didn't. And so why don't you wait for that? How can you predict a mock draft now when you haven't gone through free agency? Why do you keep putting the cart before the horse? I understand in the context of sensationalism, it's the offseason. I've got nothing to talk about. Oops, Mike Tannenbaum made a terrible suggestion of let's trade Jalen Waddle. Hey, I'm bored. I've got nothing to write or talk about. Let's run with that. And that's what the media has become nowadays. Let's write or talk about shit that makes no sense, that's never going to happen, and it's not even reality. But it fills space. It gets clicks. It gets you to argue amongst yourselves. It gets people pissed off. Mission accomplished. Even if there was nothing substantive about it. Even if there was no real, actual substance to it. Nothing. There's no actual facts. Nothing is real about it. It's all made up gibberish. So where are they now? Are they all backtracking? You know, I was wrong about that cap stuff. You know, it might not be that hard. Or what are you going to do, spin it and say, well, there's still some challenges ahead. Let me keep the drama going. No, no, no other challenges than no other team faces. No challenges that are any different than any other year. But let's make it more than what it really is when it isn't. Just like, hey, Albert Wilson is the second coming. No, he isn't. We didn't buy receivers in shorts. Do you know why? Because I've already lived through Brandon Manning. Was it Brandon Manning? 
something like that. Little receiver out of Wisconsin or something that they drafted in the fifth round. I want to say in the mid-90s somewhere. Brian Manning or something like that. I lived through all of those kind of things back in when I was a young reporter in the 90s. You know? I remember those days. And we used to get wowed about guys in shorts. And... I learned my lesson after that. I want to say it was fifth round. Look at the fifth round draft in 96, 95, 97, something like that. And I want to say Manning is the last name. I want to say it was Brian Manning or something like that. But he was, you know, another guy, the, the guy with the uh, gang signs that they brought in as a uh, street-free agent, Jimmy brought in. And I remember that's another guy that started shining. You know, I've seen these stories before. And so let's create all this drama and sensationalism about Albert Wilson running around in shorts, or this year's flavor was who? Huh? Robbie Chosen? Because, you know, you got to write it up. And talk it up, because it's nice and it's sensationalism, but is there any real substance? And, and this is not hindsight. I was laughing at all the Robbie Chosen talk last, this past season. I was laughing at all of the Albert Wilson talk this past season because I've lived through Brian Manning. Drafted by the Dolphins, I want to say, like in the fifth round. No? Can't find it? Maybe not Wisconsin, Green Bay or something. Uh, um, I don't know why I'm thinking Wisconsin, Green Bay or something. Maybe it's somewhere else. Maybe it was another school. I was completely wrong. You know what I mean? But I want to say it was Brian Manning or something like that. Goggle it. Ah, well, don't, don't, don't use Wisconsin. Maybe I'm wrong on that one. I know I'm not wrong on the Manning part, receiver, and maybe fifth round. Okay, because I, I, seriously, I, I actually think I might have nailed the round and everything. If, if I'm correct here, I'll go. I, let me see here. Here we go. I got I got somewhere to go here. Where is where is it? Oh, Shane Burton. That's a name. Okay. How about 97? Brian Manning. Now I got it. I found it. 97. Sixth round. Brian Manning out of Stanford. There you go. I told you I got the school probably wrong, but I knew I had I had the name. I was off by a round. I said fifth. It was six. And he was like, oh, dude, he was doing the same shit Albert Wilson was doing. Same shit. This is 1997, dude. Okay? This is, you know, 27 years ago. Now, I remember that. Jordan was that receiver. Jordan was his last name that Jimmy brought in, and he also had a good training camp, and he disappeared completely once we put on pads. Charles Jordan. How about that? 
bitch. Yeah, I can remember some of those guys. And you can too now, right? Azukama disappeared. Uh, uh, the other receiver... Um, um, the other receiver that uh, made some catches, he's still on the roster. He's going into his third year. Braylon Sanders. Oh, practice squad, but another preseason star. You know, it's like it happens all the time. And people fall for this shit all the time. And so, you know, I, I, I've lived it too many times already. I've watched it. And now the whole thing happened with the cap. And it's like, how are you making something out to be when you don't even have all the information? And there you go. So, I hope everybody's kind of correcting themselves. Yeah, no, I didn't have all the information. Apparently, you know, the, the, it's very manageable. Kind of like what Orlando Alziguri said a year ago, that it would be manageable. And remember, we told you, It'll be a little harder, but doable next year. Okay? Just to prepare you ahead of time. Because you know by next year, by December, they'll be writing about Cap Hell again coming. I'm just telling you. Okay. So I just want to prepare you for those future articles and, and talk show hosts. I don't even know if there's going to be any radio left in another year or two. Because they're about to, did you see what happened with the takeover with, uh, with um, Odyssey and all that? Oh, that shit is going to get ugly. Oh, my God. Oh, so, my God. And apparently they're going to move it more to uh, news talk and politics and stuff like that. The company that took over is going to want more of that and less of the other stuff. Because, again, if you get... The hot button topics. There's more hot button topics in politics, politics than there is in sports. Or an election so, year. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's all about clicks, and that's the only yeah. way you're gonna get money. Only right. way you're gonna get yeah, yeah, ratings. You're, yeah, because every, everything else is dying. Yeah, 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 mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So with the politics, you might survive with that, yeah. and you might make some money. Because well, you always know, there's always gonna be there, right? Yeah. And, let, and you know yeah, that you always the, know it's always gonna. Not be Not only there, that. So. Not only are they gonna lean Odyssey more that way, they're going to sell off pieces of Odyssey now. Yeah. So now QAM may get sold. You never know. Maybe somebody, oh. low, maybe, you know, Jorge Mas, yo. I think they might keep one station around that. Right. Just to broadcast the sports and things like that. That's all they're going to do, though. And right. have one or two talk shows. And but you, you actually, you know what would be a sports. blessing? A mom and pop organization. By, would be, not, but I just Not don't. a corporation buying a radio station. I don't see it this time because the mom... What do you, no, how much do you get also out of dying. it? Yeah, it's also how dying. Yeah, you're going to pay money to, to get something that's Yeah, it's a medium that's not dying. There it's, hard. Yeah. It's, just, yeah, it's hard. It's so hard. Jalen Ramsey, 18 minutes ago, tweets out. Yes. Should be crazy how stuff plays out sometimes. But one thing I know for sure is that it was an honor teaming up with the greatest corner in Miami Dolphins history, in my opinion, X. Then he puts in, in a little... Quotes, I won't ever forgive, dude, for not utilizing our full skill set. Right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what will change with, with this guy. You have to. A great coach does, especially, look, you know what, where, where Fangio effed up completely and showed me he's not special? When you inherit a team right away, you're not going to have all the players you need. So, 
and, and this is where McDaniel fails too, by the way. So what you have, you need to make the best meal possible. Did Fangio do that? No, he didn't. He was stuck in his ways, and he got the best out of it doing his way. But he could have maximized it even more by being flexible and using others to their strengths, i.e. Mike McDaniel fails the same way. You have Mike Kosicki. Okay, dude, we all know he doesn't block, but he's a mismatch as a wide receiver, so you can't scheme him in? Really? You're not a very good coach then. You can't stay with the run? You're not a very good coach then. You only know how to get Waddle and Tyreek in the offense? You can't mix other people? You're not a very good coach then. We got to be honest. If I'm going to critique Fangio for the same shit, you mean you're not going to put Jalen Ramsey on their best receiver to shadow him? Then you're not a very good coach then. You mean you're not going to pressure Will Levis or Lamar Jackson? Well, then you're not a very good coach then. Look, the worst thing that you do in this town is follow Don Shula and those of us that lived it. Because Chef Ramsey, in his best moment, can never be the chef that Don Shula was on the sidelines. Never. Never. And he can never be Joe Gibbs. Joe Gibbs won three Super Bowls with three different quarterbacks that none of them were Hall of Famers. Don Shula got to a Super Bowl with three completely different teams. The Bob Greasy run-oriented team that won it, the Woodstock team that was with two quarterbacks that, by the way, has anybody gotten to the Super Bowl since with two quarterbacks? Thanks for playing. And then with pass-happy Marino and no running game and no defense. That's a coach that says, okay, I have these ingredients. I'm going to cook the, the meal this way. Oh, I have Woodstock. I have these ingredients. Okay, one guy's strength is passing. The other guy's strength is running. I'm going to use these ingredients this way. Oh, I have a three-headed monster at running back and an ultra-smart and accurate quarterback. I'm going to do things this way. Was he the same coach in all three? Yes. Did he completely adjust to what he had? Absolutely. And why? Because he's the Don. Because he's the man. Because he's Eric Spolstra who can change with any damn team you give him. Scrubs, superstars, it doesn't matter what it is. Great coaching adjusts. Mike McDaniel, you are so far away from great coaching, it's ridiculous because you don't adjust. And Vic Fangio, as our friend Jason just pointed out, you know, you didn't take advantage either of what was going on. Anyway. 
Uh, don't forget, folks, when it comes to Orvieto's awards and more, if your company, like out here at Craig Zinzak or Pembroke Pines, they give out an award probably to salesman, saleswoman every single month, right? Whoever's number one, that lady gets a plaque or a trophy or that gentleman gets a plaque or a trophy, right? Or maybe you've uh, got a softball league or you've got a chess league or you've got a fantasy football league or, what, or maybe employee of the month or anything like that. Orvieto's Awards and more, folks. They're in North Miami Beach. Proud sponsor of our program, 1123 Northeast, 163rd Street. Laser and computerized engraving, UV printing, glass and crystal etching, custom engraved gift items, corporate recognition awards, plaques, trophies, medallions, ribbons. They do it all. Diplomas, laminations, uh, custom framing, you name it. They do it at Orvieto's Awards and more. Give them a ring and tell them that Big O sent you. 305-949-8098 for Orvieto's awards and more. Uh, yeah, yeah, Jim Crash Jensen, all kinds of shit, dude. That's, that's who Shula was, dude. That's who Shula was. That's what made him great. If one thing didn't work, he tried to find another way to make it work, dude. That's... that's that's why, that's why I love the guy. That's why I love Eric Spolstra so much. That's why I've always been an enormous Eric Spolstra supporter, defender, even through, through, through shoulder gate, bump gate, whatever the hell that thing was with LeBron. And we had a bunch of idiots that wanted to fire uh, uh, Spo, and I was like, no, hell no, I'm not firing Spo. Same thing. Spo and, and Shula, for me, are the greatest coaches I've ever seen in South Florida history, dude. And that's a lot saying with Larinaga here and, and, and Ron Frazier and some Fern Labati who did an, a, a marvelous job. She never gets enough, enough credit. Danny Price was a hell of a coach for FIU. We've had some, some great coaches. Coach Crutchfield up in Nova's doing a hell of a job. We've had some great coaches in this town. Shula and Spo. Brother, they tower above everybody. Tower. They tower even better than Riley. I put Riley third behind those guys. Yes, sir. Question for you. I know we're talking about Christian Wilkins. With the salary cap being so high, do you, does that change at all anything that you were thinking? You know, I'm glad you brought that up now. Um, no, it doesn't change. I still think they let him go, but there's one chance now. I think now the tag part, if they don't have the success or they don't think that in free agency or the draft, they have an answer at tackle. I can, I can see them because of all the space that's opened up. They could actually tag Wilkins. Hear me out now. And try to negotiate a long-term contract, but, oh, well, we couldn't come up with it. You'll have to play on it. And then they keep him around kind of a dick move for one more year, and he has to play under the tag. That's the one that's the one thing that I would give because 
they have enough space now that they can even pull that shit off. But again, they have to look at the landscape. If they don't think they're going to be able to replace him with a solid player, someone equal or better or whatever, then I think there's a, a slim shot that they tag him with a dick move. And, but they don't give him a new deal. They actually go through the year with the hard cap number. And then just after that, the animosity will be... There was already animosity, okay? You won't hear that anywhere else. Um, but remember that phone call? Anyway, so there was animosity. And, you know, another tag year, the animosity will build and it'll be just like a volcano in Iceland. You know, basically. All right, what else do we have? Uh, Big O, because he didn't care, he knew he was going to leave to Philly after the end of the year. Probably. There could be a lot to that, Jamsville. Yeah. Yes, sir? I think he got a call once Sean Desai got put down. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, because once that, yeah, yes, 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 I'm sorry. Let me rephrase, because I'm not saying everything hey, but hey. <laughs> hey, you know, uh, we let go of Desai. Really? Yep, exactly. That's when I think everything started. The wheels Just in Just letting you know. Have a great day. Yeah. And that's it. That's all yeah. the conversation yeah. had to be. Because that was week eight. So, you know, like in the middle of the season. Right. And they had Matt Patricia finish the season. Yeah. Think about that. I know. Bird's nest in his face. Fox Sports 640 will be the next to go. Why? Jeremy, what is it with you and burying radio stations? <laughs> they do it themselves. It's kind of like our dollar. The Federal Reserve does it themselves. They bury our dollar, the, every president. So don't worry about it. They're doing it to themselves. We don't, we don't need to push them along the way. Giving up 56 and 48 points is absolutely disgusting. There's no excuse for it. No, sir. Big O, don't be surprised. Fox Sports, my buyout QAM since 640. Nah. Now, they've lost enough money already with stations. I think they don't want to take on any more stations. It's bad. Radio's bad business. People aren't listening to radio anymore. Okay? That's why it's one of the reasons why I left, because I knew this was coming. People just don't listen to commercial breaks anymore. They don't want to listen to radio. Radio's dead. Uh, radio is alive only because they still get to podcast. And if they're smart, they're selling their streams, not the radio signal, because there's really not that many people listening anymore. Um, Finn's TD, Big O, X, a post-June 1st cut, and what does the cap? Brother, don't worry about I told. What did I tell you last year? Take my advice from last year through this year. There's no cap issues. Don't worry about it. They'll be fine. It'll be super manageable. They're not going. They're, they're going to be able to do whatever they need to do to improve the team, and sign whoever they want to sign, and let go whoever they want to let go. We have to stop already. Don't allow them to create the fud that doesn't exist. Fud is fear, uncertainty, and doubt. By the way, when I say fud, yes, sir. The only thing that the June first does is we can't spend that eighteen point four until then. But you could probably already have a deal. I'm sure you could have somebody Negotiate. waiting. Yeah, you could have had already negotiated. Just like right now. A Rob Hunt deal later on. Yeah. Right now, Xavier could go sign with anybody on. else, but yeah. it can't get announced until 
Yeah. He's released by the Dolphins. So no things worries. can happen during it. Just you can't spend a as Connor money Williams deal, yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah all do that a couple of little things. Yeah. So today was a day where there was a lot of good news for the Dolphins besides the cap. I love the story of Sean McVay because it is so, so Mike McDaniel, he needs it badly, right? I love the, the Justin Herbert story because it really connects with everything that goes on in general for most quarterbacks, not just our guy Tua, not just our guy Marino, but in general overall. There's a lot of stories that I think shed light on what goes on. We talked a little bit about the cap and how it could affect the, the, uh, the situation with uh, Wilkins and all that, right? Here's another one that I thought was fantastic for the Miami Dolphins. Drew Rosenhaus. So Drew Rosenhaus was on with Joe this morning, right? And he was talking about, first of all, good news. He was talking about, you know, he said there'll be other teams interested in Van Ginkle. And sure, maybe Fangio wants him. But do you think Van Ginkle really gravitates to Fangio, likes Fangio, really wants to have conversations with Fangio? Does anybody want to have conversations with Fangio? No. Is Fangio going to be in Philadelphia for many years to come? Probably not. So let's really be realistic. Van Ginkle's not going to get stolen by Philadelphia. Okay? And he says there's mutual interest between the Dolphins and Van Ginkle. They've got their home here. This is the team that drafted him. This is the team that believed him. This is the front office that believed in him. More importantly, not Flo, because he didn't use him enough. Okay? And Fangio figured it out finally and used him, and maybe more because of the injuries, too. I don't know. But either way, great news in that sense, the mutual interest part. I think Van Ginkle comes back here, no problem. Then the next one, and this is where we hit a home run out of the park so we can talk about the bullshit first and foremost. Okay, so he talks about the Connor Williams thing because he's the same agent for it. Says, I do think we're going to be very methodical and take a very uh, uh, slow, uh, 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 slow approach to it. Um, it's not... Now... Here's the thing about taking a slow and methodical approach to all of this. Uh, what happens? Um, do you think people wait till like July to sign players? Or do you think they want to know their players already in, in March and April and then everything, right? When they Plans are already done. Salaries are signed. So you're going to wait till the NFL and all the other teams have made their decisions? You're going to wait till money dries up because that's part of free agency. You want to like sign early because cap space gets taken up and then later on you don't have cap space. So what methodical approach can you take? It sounds really nice and I get it, dude. Writers aren't going to challenge Drew Rosenhaus in this. They don't, want, they don't need to piss him off because they got to call him for quotes. I don't need to call Drew Rosenhaus for any kind of quote. I don't give a shit, okay? I don't give a rat's ass. But if you want to wait, Drew, that's fantastic. You play more into the Dolphins' hands because less people will have money. There'll be less opportunities, and that will play right into the Dolphins' hands to sign your client, Connor Williams. So let's, you know, 
cut through the bullshit. If you want to take a slow, methodical approach, that plays right into the Miami Dolphins' hands. I just want to thank you, my brother, because you gave me some really good news on the Joe Rose Show this morning. And I know nobody's going to challenge you on that because, of course, you know, nobody's going to want to piss off their guest and, and, and writers aren't going to challenge him in that because then they can't call him for a quote on anything else because he won't call him back. So that's all right. Me, I don't care if I piss you off. You can kiss my ass. Okay? You know, same thing that happened with the whole X stuff. After everything that goes on, you know, and I know the agent very well and I like him and everything, but it's not going to stop me from calling it like I see it. They should have traded his ass a few years ago, like I said. Wrong move on the Dolphins' part. Should have dumped his ass a couple years ago and get something. And I told you they would dump his ass now. Okay? And I'm telling you what Drew Rosenau says makes zero sense. So if you want to take a slow and methodical approach, you will play right into the hands of the Miami Dolphins' front office. Thank you, sir. Connor Williams, you're more than guaranteed to come back to the Miami Dolphins. And guess what? I welcome you back. It's going to be a lot of fun to have you back. So once you do get healthy, then you'll join the Dolphins. Eichenberg will fill in until then. Uh, there you go. Uh, Big O, didn't video kill the radio star? It did. QM needs to be sold to Hubbard or they just fold all together. Yeah. Well, that's, a, that's another, that's, that's a real profitable and positive outfit, that Hubbard. <laughs> Next thing you'll tell me, they'll sell them to Cumulus. There are some bad radio companies out there, dude. And I've worked for most of them. Beasley is the only company, and I, I enjoyed my time with Sirius. I would work for Sirius. Uh, but Beasley is the one company that I could say, you know, I, I truly enjoyed it and loved it. But they were more mom and pop when they weren't necessarily big and corporate like they are now, you know. But uh, they were more mom and pop, and it was just absolutely fantastic, man. It was a blessing. Anyway, we uh, thank Manny Navarro. We thank the great Sean Stanley. We thank... Larry Schlossberg, who's uh, behind me. Is he behind me? No, I don't see him there. He's not sitting there. But anyway, that's his office right there. Come on out and see the great people out here at Craig Zinn's Acura of Pembroke Pines, baby. Customer appreciation event going on right now. We got a large selection of brand new and certified pre-owned vehicles. Come on out to 15601 Pines Boulevard, just off of I-75 in Pines, and tell them that Big O sent you. We'll see you on Monday morning, bright and early at 10 a.m. Y'all be good out there. Have a great day and a great weekend and be safe.